everybody, welcome back to Player to Player, the weekly talk show here at Nerdy Northerners where we discuss the gaming news that you don't want to miss out on. I am, of course, joined by my co host every week. First thing to be welcoming in, Danny. Back to a new episode. And Wes. Hey, what's up, chat? How's everybody going? Doing? Doing? <laughs> going? Whatever. <laughs> There's a guy in the fighting game community who says, How's everybody going? Like purposefully and not like. I watch enough of him that it's I, I do that all the time now. <laughs> and it's like, how's everyone going? It's like, well, wh- am I going somewhere or uh, I mean, am yeah. I, what is that? But I, mean, I guess I'm going it's a, okay. <laughs> it's always great seeing you guys. Great being able to chat here, and uh, hope you guys have had a uh, a good weekend. I know Wes, you've had a little bit of a uh, you know sickness and and stuff, but it looks like you guys are good there and. And uh, Danny, how, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, guys. Doing pretty good. That's good, that's good. So I mentioned kind of earlier, though, there's not a whole lot of uh, stuff that came up this week in terms of a list. Normally, normally we kind of joke where I make this huge list of stuff for us to talk about, and at the end of the day, we only get to maybe like 25, 30% of the list. Uh, more than that, sometimes 50, but it's one of those... Maybe I shouldn't have so many things, but I never know really what to, what to talk about. I always want to try again the biggest bets. But this week had a little bit of the opposite, where there's not as many items to talk about, but each one is a pretty noteworthy topic in of itself. Um, so we're going to kick this off. And the first one we're going to be talking about is Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance release. Now, I know this one is not a huge announcement. It is just for me. Uh, I think that... Well... We get a brand new Dungeons & Dragons game, and this is the first one that is actually being put out by Wizards of the Coast in quite some time. If you looked into the development history of this game, uh, the publisher, uh, Toot Games, had a really hard time coming about this. They they basically made the game and then pitched it. It, it, It's almost unfathomable in the gaming industry to do this. Risky. Exactly. It is risky, risky, risky. But they believed in it because they're like, hey, you know what? We, we know we can make a really cool Dungeons & Dragons games we, game. We want to make a Dungeons & Dragons game. And they actually got to a point where they had people coming to them, several eight publishers, and eventually Wizards of the Coast came to them and said, we're going to be your publisher, and we're going to be doubling your size of scope. We're going to be doubling everything here. Um, Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance is going to be featuring real-time combat and a dynamic co-op gameplay system. Uh, if you've ever played the uh, previous Dungeons & Dragons games that came out uh, on the Xbox uh, consoles, um, you had Icewind Dale, uh, you had, uh, oh, I'm forgetting what, uh, there's Baldur's Gate and um, and others. But it's, it's a typical four-party scenario you're going to be going forward and slaying down enemies. They've got a lot of monsters coming up too. Uh, obviously with the Dungeons and Dragons lore and the Forgotten Realms and all the other worlds there's so many creatures that you can pull out of and I argue all the time on this that Dungeons and Dragons itself is the I would say father and and our parent mother uh in many ways to a lot of the games that we play today you look at any RPG game out there and you can pretty much give many nods towards Dungeons and Dragons in its creation and and for just everything about it. Now, well, so I'm going to go to you first with this because I, I kind of want to talk about two games and and their big gamble here and and kind of what that what that means when when a company is making a game 
and what kind of risks are involved with that. So if you want to take over there. So, I mean, like, uh, obviously, like, it, it depends on the situation of the, the studio, like, how much financial backing, that sort of thing that they have. Because uh, ob uh, oftentimes, like, the, the traditional publisher-developer relationship is that the publisher is fronting the cash for the development of the game yeah. uh, and then taking a portion of the, the sales. Um, in this case, it's, it's, like, it's risky for a developer to just s basically start the game and... and you know, with the idea of like, here's the game, most of it kind of ready, um, and then start pitching it around. Uh, I know I've done uh, projects that were that were prototypes, um, and you know, like I've I've done stuff that was you know mini game collections for the Wii and that kind of thing, and it was like, here's you know five or six games kind of themed around a thing, just to kind of show you some of the stuff that we're sort of playing with here. Um, and, or, you know, like a, uh, a racing game I, I worked on that it was like, here's, you know, uh, two courses. Here's another one that we haven't really finished yet, but you can kind of get the sense of, uh, you know, what we're, what we're going to do and how we're going to expand on this and that sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's rare to kind of go very far into development uh, unless you, you have that financial backing already. Mm -hmm. um, now that's obviously changed a little bit in the last couple of years. You you've got early access that that becomes options um, where you can put games out on Steam and say, hey, the guys, like this game's not done yet. Uh, we are still working on it, but you know we're gonna start selling it to you. You'll get it at sort of a cheaper price until like the the actual release. Um, you'll have that already, and you know you'll be uh, you'll have some sort of say and involvement in the the direction it takes, mm -hmm. um, and that works out well and doesn't in some in some cases. And then obviously you've got other ones with you know straight up Kickstarter of here's what we're gonna do, yeah. And you know this is our pedigree, this is who we are, um, and that's worked out, you know, good and bad. You know, Mighty Number no. Nine was a a famous one that you know straight up the guy who created Mega Man making a Mega Man game, and it was bad. Yeah. So, um, and then you've got good sides of, like, hey, the guy that made Castlevania making a Castlevania game, and it's awesome. So, um, you know, that you, you kind of run the gamut uh, of all of that stuff in, in that scenario. Um, but yeah, it's, it's rare for a company to basically say, like, here's our game, and now we're going to shop it around. And now, this is where it kind of gets a little bit confusing for me. Maybe you might be able to clear up the IP issue on there, but from what I'm understanding of the IP is that they could have made this game and basically been like, well, this is like a Dungeons and Dragons game, and then pitched it to really any publisher, changed a few things, and then they could have renamed it. Is, is Was that their intended goal, or were they, like, do you think that they were destined set to make it a Dungeons and Dragons game? I think they probably had that idea of, like, hey, these would be the people that we'd like to get involved in mm -hmm. this. Um, and have these licenses to be able to use these worlds and, and that sort of thing and, and these systems. Um, but, you know, understand that we could probably just make sort of generic fantasy as well and, mm -hmm. and be okay with that without really, you know, treading on too, too shaky a ground there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and because, I, like, I, I, you would know Dungeons & Dragons better than I would, but my, my feeling on it, on it has always been that it's very malleable. Um, and that there really isn't that like hard and fast like here's the world here's the people like you know it, it wouldn't be like I'm making a, a game that looks a lot like Halo 
but it's not Halo, and I'm I'm you know I'm gonna swap out Master Chief <laughs> for somebody else. You know, mm -hmm. like it it seems a little bit more free form that way. That uh, that they they having that name attached to it gives them a little bit more to work with than mm -hmm. necessarily going after specific characters or something like that. Absolutely, and even to that point, I think I've actually mentioned a game like Dragon Age is pretty much just a Dungeons and Dragons party's adventure doing something, uh, you know, a plot plane of a Dungeon Master's campaign. Like that's literally what a lot of these RPG games I find are. They're just a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, you know. Uh, World of Warcraft, that's Dungeons and Dragons campaign. That's just a war campaign and other stuff thrown in. You know, every every raid boss, that's a DM's plot. You're fighting an endgame boss. You go through, you fight some minions and bots. You know, it's you can just explain it all very quickly in Dungeons and Dragons sense. So it, it very much is malleable. And, and uh, what I really like about this game is that it is a uh, sequel. Um, you're going to actually be able to play in this game as the legendary four of Dritz Dwerd and his companions, Cadbury, Brenner, and Wolfgar. And I actually made a campaign based off of these events, of just after these characters. So I'm really interested in playing in this. Uh, there's a lot that these characters are known for. And obviously Dritz being one of the most common seen in the books uh, written by Salvatore. I believe it's Salvatore writes about Dritz. Uh, Alright, Salvatore. But um, yeah, it's, it, it looks like it's going to be a good game. Danny, I want to throw it to you. There's going to be Frost Giants, Beholders, White Dragons, and so much more. Now this is a multiplayer co-op game. Uh, mm -hmm. have, have you seen much about it? And, and what would you say are your... Uh, first impressions well i haven't seen much about it uh i know we've been talking about it for a couple of uh, for you know of uh, two or three weeks i think we've we've brought it up here in the chat uh and you know it, it's it's cool like i i love that type of world i love uh you know especially dragons and stuff there's such cool cool myth mythical creatures in, in anything but um i don't know they, it piques my interest uh, hearing you talk about it more yeah, uh, it's it's kind of sinking in where I should try it for myself, uh, which you know I I'm probably gonna check some more stuff on it, see basically you know if it's something I'm gonna like, uh, maybe I'll pick it up and try it for myself. It does look like it's coming in at a relatively reasonable price, thirty nine ninety nine US dollars, and usually when we see that, that's typically coming out around fifty four ninety nine uh, Canadian. So, mm -hmm. I f I find that's a pretty reasonable price. It makes me question some things in terms of the size and scope of it. Obviously, it's not in the same price range of, say, a um, you know, AAA game that would typically come out. But at the same time, does it really need to be? Look at, you know, we were just talking about the success of games that go into early development. And there's one out there that uh, we're going to get to. And you know what? I might as well just bring it up now because we're right on that topic. Uh, and, and it's Valheim. Um, you know, that, that game's a, I think, $20, $25 on Steam. And it's at 6 million units sold. So the size and scope of that game, I mean, I don't really know what separates Valheim from a, a game like Dragon Age other than scripts. And, you know, the, I guess, like, is that where the money comes down in, in a lot of the development? Wes? Uh, I mean, depends on kind of what you're going for. Mm. Um, you know, where where you spend your money is is kind of dependent on what what the, ultimately the goal for the game is. Um, 
with with something like Valheim, I mean, it's it's a small team working on that, right? Uh, there's certainly like a discussion to be had there about like, hey, are are there, there's one. I, I think there's two ways of framing this, and I, I I actually saw it framed in in the bad way. I feel where it was, you know, indie developers are selling themselves short uh in in that indie games should cost more because of how much content we're getting in a lot of these games and i i feel like that is you know there's there's i i understand the approach there but i'd also suggest that triple a games are not pulling their own weight with that absolutely with indie games we're getting a lot you know for a little amount of money and with triple a games you're spending a lot of money and not getting a lot you know, you're getting the bells and whistles, but you're getting, a, you know, a, a smaller experience out of it, I feel. And I think this is something, uh, sorry, go ahead. And I think that's ahead, something that ahead. Danny really tries to highlight with, with his indie showcasing and that, you know, there, there's, and I've been watching them. I mean, there's, there's so many games that, you know, they, there's so much to them. And the only thing that's ever really thrown me off with indie games and and, and I, this is just me as a gamer where i guess i've, I've gotten to is with things and i i do like my graphics and i do like the visual presentation and and uh you know it's, it's like the you know sometimes i do like that like realism style graphics or, or as close to as possible but even a game like valheim like i i find it's you know it, it obviously has you know beautiful beautiful graphics but like the size and scope of it i mean it gets larger than a Grand Theft Auto world. I mean, it's... The world is huge. It And what, what amazes me, really, is it's just loading. And how fast the game loads is very quickly. Uh, you can... Like, the, world, the world's huge. It would take me, by boat, sailing, about 60 minutes to get around know, two islands. I, I, just one island. Just to, just to get around one island, rather, it's probably about yeah, 60 minutes or so. Like it's crazy with the wind they have to manage, and I just, I, I think there's a conversation really to be had, and Valheim is just, it's at six million sales, and that's what we're talking about. Valheim, it's it's at six million sales now on Steam as an early access title. It's like every week it's a new million dollar milestone, <laughs> and it was for a while. Yeah, I mean, and here we are. With the first content update that has been teased, and that's the Hearth and Stone update. Um, actually, funnily enough, I was showing off, I was just talking to you before the show here, Wes, about our new winter base that we built. And I was showing my wife the base, and I was like, hey, like, like look, look what we've done, look what we've done, this is really cool. And then her very first comment to me was, do they don't have any furniture in this game or something? And I was like, well, so funnily enough, like their very first update that they're working on is the... I, I, I keep calling it the home and hearth, but it's the hearth and home update. Um, and it's literally just designed to focus on the building aspect of the game. Now, one of the things they tease, though so small, but it's really cool, is a wooden crow on a perched log. So what you'll be able to do with this is you'll be able to take that perched log and put it on the very corner of a building, and it would look like there's like a crow overlooking it. Now, you know, for... For the players that enjoy the building, that's gonna be really cool. For the action players, might not be your your typical thing that you'd be into. But this update is gonna be more more geared towards players. I'm really excited for it. I'm having a damn fun time building and just thinking of ideas. And it's almost like every single time I build something new, 
I, I unlock that next level of enlightenment of being like, wow, so I could do this and this and this and this and this. And okay, now I need to go and find, you know, a new area to build, a new something to do. Um, so, Danny, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to you one more time. I, it's like I do this every milestone of, of Valheim's, but <laughs> as you <I was> say. <laughs> Just, I'm just always waiting for it. When are we going to see Valheim showcased on the Indie Hour? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? It, it could, right? That the Indie Hour is all about being indie, right? We're, I like to showcase as many indie games as I possibly can. Um, sure, it won't match the uh, the horror theme I've had, but I can always change it up once in a while. I, I think it'd be one. I, I I would love to see your reaction. To, to playing it and, and just getting out there and, and just to see your to see what you think of a game that six million units sold like that's no small feat. Like, no, like definitely not. Like there has so to. So what what if what if we switch where where Danny plays Valheim and Jake plays Amnesia? Oh, I already did that once. <laughs> did you? I missed that. Yeah, there's a three hour stream, but and I played Amnesia and I I uh um. I stopped getting spooked because I realized everything was timer mm-hmm. or like everything was on like uh like for instance, like there was this one hallway where I, I had to run from the guy and yeah, you're running and you're running and you're running and you're running and you're running. And I realized that no matter how fast I was running, he was right. He was like right behind me and or like, I you know, I I close the door and I and I keep running and like boom he's like right at the door and it's like well no I knew you were I know you weren't just at the door like I could hear you sure like further away than that you just had that oh you close the door now there's a code reaction to bang now he's getting through the door to come after you and I was like okay well yeah I, yeah he's seen seen a little bit too much behind the curtain kind of thing no almost and then it just there there are a few other things where like there was the one on the water. And uh, it was like, you know, there's this, this, like the creatures in the water and I, and I had to jump over things and like use like body parts and throw them into the water, I think, to, to get to the other side. And it just, I, I just realized, I just realized like the, the, the scripted scare and I just, I was like, okay, like. It doesn't affect you. I, especially for what? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, it wasn't getting me as much. I, I I do well with thrillers and 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 the such. I don't do well with jump scares. Right, okay, so like sure. that that psychological stuff and like that like mental brain thinking, I'm okay with. But so it's the make sure I get more jump scare games for you. Yeah, right. So like I've actually enjoyed watching <laughs> your last couple horror games because it's like it's just like that jump scare where like the things are coming out at you or you know like um hearing the little voices in the background. You know what? You know what a game actually terrified me, and I couldn't play it. Was uh, I, I bought it full price? I put it in, played it for about an hour and a half to two hours, and uh, Alien Isolation. Nope. <laughs> mm. I, I like, was thinking that game. I was like, what about like Alien Isolation? Like that's a game that, that that's terrifying. I'm being hunted. Yeah. And that one's got the AI that like, I, is learning from how you're you're yeah, hiding from it and things right? like that. And... Yeah. Oh, give me a knife. Give me a gun. I'm 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 going to war with this thing. I'm I'm not doing this like I'm hiding like a mouse. I just uh... sure, sure. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, uh, so yeah, that. Uh, but anyway, so Wes, I want to talk to you obviously about Valheim. You and I play Valheim on the Nerdy Northerners server. Um, 
what do you think about this milestone? And what do you think? How, what do you think this means for the game down the road? Uh, I mean, I, obviously, like it, it puts them in a good spot where they can kind of really focus on the game. Um, I have sort of suspected, and and this update, they 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 touched on it a little bit that a lot of what's been going on recently has just been sort of like catching their breath from this whole thing. Um, because I, I, I certainly feel like they they felt they had a good, strong game. Um, and it, I mean, you never know what the next big thing is. You never know what, like, that that thing that, that comes out and just hits that magical sweet spot with a lot of people. You, you don't really know what it is until it, it hits, right? And I, I'm sure that, that these that this team, you know, of, of five people, like, they, they knew they had something that was fun, they knew they had something that was kind of the experience that they were going for, but I, I don't think they thought it would resonate the way that it has with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm sure, like, the last, you know, almost two months now has just been, like, a holy crap, like, you know, we... And you can see that in some of their updates. The, it's all been a lot of stuff under the hood, like they were doing socket stuff and that kind of thing, where, you know, they were kind of like, okay, we're going to put this out, and it'll start to sell, and we'll sort of stabilize some of these things, and oh my god, there's like 3 million people playing this game. You know, uh, we need to fix, you know, the, the technical stuff was supposed to be like sort of a gradual thing as sales picked up, not a, oh my god, everyone's here, you know. Um so yeah, I feel like that was kind of their their internal roadmap was to mm -hmm. sort of stabilize things and get things better and then start to work on the content. But when things took off, like it, it you know it, it it changes things, you know. So that I, I I hope that they're not feeling too rushed on this. I'm sure that there is sort of that pressure to to get this first update done, especially as as you know they've they've said themselves in some of their patch notes that they made the last three bosses harder because people were killing them too fast. Um, and, and so I, I, I hope that they, they're not feeling the pressure to, to get that stuff out quickly to keep people around or keep people satisfied or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want them to take their time mm -hmm. and kind of do this right. But, you know, now that the game is out, uh, you know, it's, it's early access, but, you know, the game is in players' hands and people can play it. Um, you know, it, it changes the, dy the dynamic of how you're interacting and, and adding to your game. So um, my, my hope is that this, this one we see in the next, you know, say maybe two months as, as they kind of are able to generate more assets from artists and that kind of thing. That's the other, the other side of working on the technical stuff is that, you know, asset generation takes a while. You know, it's, it's not a quick thing for artists to just do something. No. Um, you know, and, and getting that into the game and, and, you know, I don't know what their pipeline is like and, you know, hopefully it's something that's fairly smooth, but if it's not, then that adds complexity and time, you know. So, you know, I, I hope that, that they take their time, but I could see them maybe feeling that pressure now that the sales the, has slowed a little bit. And it's weird to say it's slowed that they've only sold 2 million copies in like the last three weeks, but, you know, um, that hopefully they're now kind of catching their breath and kind of able to, to sort of sit down and figure out exactly what they want this to be and how they want this stuff to roll out. Six million is no small number. It that's, is not. It is and, not. Uh, I mean, that's the kind of thing is, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I really do hope they take their time because what I would love to see for them, in all honesty, is, you know, 
you see you, you obviously see the scale beginning to you know flatten out maybe just a little bit you know and not even flatten out i mean it's it's still going up it's but, yeah you know it's it's you know starting to not be as sharp or steep as a, a climb um but i do think that if an update comes out that is significant enough to be like wow factor and those six million, seven million by the time that update rolls around, go to their friend and be like, yo, you thought it was cool. You know, now check out this update of stuff you can do with your, you know, the inside of your house or, uh, you know, the other I, plan I updates like that, they have come that out. wow update is the, the, like the wow factor is, yeah. is the next biome. Yeah. I think that is their, their chance to really grab people again. This one I, I sort of always felt was like, uh, you know, you know, the Sims does their, they have like their expansion packs and they have their stuff packs. It's a stuff pack. Right. Yeah. It felt yeah. like a stuff pack, which is fine. Like I, no problem with that, yeah. you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it sort of felt like, Hey, the actual like big thing to get excited about is the, the next biome, the next boss, you know, that, that sort of thing. I would love to see how they could take this even further. If maybe that map could be expanded out to be like a whole rounded world or something. And Maybe. more biomes added in the future. I know they 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 mentioned the three more bosses and the three biomes: the ocean, the mistlands, and then I don't know what that third one is. Um, uh, I don't know if they've mentioned it. But I know that there is ocean. There's going to be an ocean boss, which is yeah. scary. Yeah, terrifying. they wanted to do more with the ocean and that kind of thing because it's kind of huge. There's not a lot there. No, it's terrifying out there. I am terrified. It is terrifying. I am terrified yep. out in the water. Every single time I go out, I see a serpent. Every time. <laughs> yeah, same here. I just, I every just time. Keep sailing. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Just, yeah. I don't care if I'm not even... I, I don't care if I'm not trying to... Like, like this is not the direction I want to go. I don't care. This is where the wind is taking me, and it is getting me away from him. And I'm going with it. <laughs> yep. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of pressure, though, uh, EA is promising to be clamping down... <clears throat> On racist and other offensive content in FIFA. FIFA, we talked about a few weeks ago due to, uh, or within the last week or two, due to the potential employee selling cards. But now they're basically developing new technology that is going to better uh, look at player names and look at character names and other naming uh, tools and um, tackle them as opposed to allowing hate speech or any other words or anything else like that to get through so uh well they had the ea's full statement to, uh, had a statement to e, uh, Eurogamer. um uh came down to say, them saying both electronic arts and ea sports are committed to making our games and experiences fun fair and safe for everyone we filter user generated content in areas such as in-game chat and ea account player names and team names to block uh, profane text that might be used to demean or harass under our positive play charter our teams are focused on improving in-game reporting and moderation tools along with the player's ability to report any content at ea.com slash report. Uh, this helps ensure that when people don't play by the rules, they are easily accessible channels to report problem players or inappropriate content. We take all reports seriously and regular, uh, uh, we take all reports seriously and regularly action against our findings. Since the launch of FIFA 21, we have banned over 9,000 accounts and issued over 25,000 warnings or suspensions as a result of inappropriate or offensive content. We are committed to continuously advancing our tools and solutions to address new challenges, including more intelligent monitoring and mitigation technology that will be released in the coming months. Danny, do you think that at any point in time, 
there's ever going to be the perfect scenario where we're going to be able to get rid of everything all this you know, the toxicity the the hate speeches the racist remarks the just that aggression between people i don't think you know what uh, there's a lot of things that have that we could get into that you know i, I was talking about that, that today at work uh no it, it, it really isn't i don't think we're ever ever in our lifetime or the next few lifetimes where that will be you know actually gone and never spoken of again there, there's always going to be someone or something that happens that causes all that to go on um you know we we have a lot of things that the governments now are, are doing where you know we got companies basically taking stuff out of you know uh, our past uh, cartoons or video games or movie content that uh, you know that how do you put it that that talks that has that hate message in it even though it's an era that you know it was normal at the time um no i don't think we're ever going to see that yet. We're we're always going to see that one or two people going on there and you know spouting uh, racist remarks or or stuff like that. I it's something that is universal that I don't think you know it's it's something I wish that was gone that you know everyone would treat everyone with respect and you wouldn't have that. Uh, but you know the world's not perfect and people, you know we 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 have years and years of uh, of um, qualities that that show us that we don't seem to evolve away from that. So uh, it's a very hard thing. Like EA is definitely taking the right steps on, you know, monitoring that and making sure that uh, whoever does it is banned or, or, or you know what, if they're just going to do it, just ban them forever. Just completely cut them out. Um, but like I said, it's, it's a hard topic. It's something that's unheard of uh, and whether they can guarantee that, that's something that uh, I I don't see happening. I think we're always going to have we're always going to be dealing with something like that. Wes, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, I agree with Danny. Um, you know, like there's always going to be that element that wants to sort of put out this, this hate-filled messages and speech and that kind of thing. And I I think that there there kind of just needs to be that concerted effort not just from like the the companies that that provide these platforms but also from the communities around them to to you know when we see this sort of thing whether it be in a twitch chat or whether it be like playing in a game online to to speak up when someone says something that's 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 racist that's hateful that's hurtful to others mm -hmm. and and you know and to to basically say hey like there's no place for that here um so you either knock it off or you get out. Like those are your options, and and you know, and and just not not put up with you know the the petty little excuses that people make for it of like oh you know now that now that you've said something I was only joking like no you weren't you were testing the waters to see if you know anyone that anyone agrees with you and if no one spoke up then you kind of just take that as tacit approval of what you were saying. You know, and, and that it's okay to kind of do that sort of thing. Um, you know, and, and, and this stuff has been, like, on Xbox Live for, for a long time. WoW has had this thing. Anytime that players are able to communicate with little to no consequences, this sort of thing festers, and it, it, it needs to be 
put out to pasture as as you know swiftly and as like judiciously as it can like there there can be no room for for this sort of thing in in any kind of platform any kind of game like i i i've had times where where my uh well she was my girlfriend at the time my now wife she played dead rising 2 online and mm-hmm. her uh her gamer tag identified her as a woman like it, it was clear that that this was a a woman playing yeah and i was uncomfortable with with her playing the game only because i did not want her to be exposed to that sort of bullshit that i knew was going to be coming at some point yeah um you know and it's not a not a she can handle herself she's way better at it than than i am uh at calling people out on their their bullshit um but you know there's still that that element for me that hey this is a person that i deeply deeply care about and i am not going to stand for you talking about them that way you know and it, it never happened you know she didn't play for too long and mm-hmm. where where anything would kind of come up but it you know it bothered me a lot that that is just the state of things where i can i can't i can't just enjoy the fact that that my girlfriend was playing online in, in a video game and just enjoying herself like I had to have that that voice in the back of my head saying when it's when's when's this coming when's this this thing gonna pop up on the screen that says so and so just sent you a message. There needs to be yeah. yeah the, the, I, I'm glad EA is tackling it the way that they are by making more tools available for reporting and I, I a big part I 100 percent agree with is the community like the community itself has to look at these individuals and and really like. I, I don't want to go as far as to say shun them, but I mean, at the end of the day, you really got to calm up their behavior. You have to say, hey, like you, what you are doing is toxic. It, it is poor. It is, it is not what the rest of this community wants to be a part of, what we want to have a part of us. So you either change your behavior or you're gone. Um, and I think that's just the way it has to be. This, this back and forth is just, it's not the way to go. Uh, allowing it, like World of Warcraft is a very, that's one that I feel has kind of let the let the, the bag loose and it's like, all right, well, whenever it gets really bad, we'll act. Um, and trade chat, Baron's chat. I mean, there's so many chats. Don't go in them. Don't talk to people in World of Warcraft unless you're in a guild. It's like it's just one of those things. And there's, I don't think it'll ever go away. And I think that you know, there'll always be circumventions to it. But something that I do want to take a note at is Fall Guys and their way of getting around that by having random names. Everyone's named, I think it's Fall Guy with a number at the end. So I don't think there is a way for you to find out, like, who is who. Um, if, if, there was, I played. if there was something like that, that more games could adapt. Now, I, I get it that it, you know, your, your gamer tag kind of gets, oh, well, then it doesn't display my gamer tag. I don't know. You, you... And it, it's just I. I always felt like any time a game came out, it was like, oh well, you know, we hide the the player names, and you know, we we don't allow communication. I'm like that. That's kind of the shitty thing too, is that yeah. those are the better experiences when I can't communicate with other people. You know, uh, like it, it, for, for example, like I I play fighting games. I play Street Fighter and I play Mortal Kombat. Yep. Uh, Mortal Kombat on the PS4 specifically. This uh, this was before a, a recent firmware update that uh, allowed me to straight up mute in-game audio across the board. 
But what I would have to do is I would have to join a party uh, by myself, make it private so no one else could join in, so that I didn't hear the other person that I was fighting. Because if they had a microphone hooked up, I would be able to hear them by default, and there was no way to mute them. Yep. Um, whereas in, in Street Fighter, there's no communication. There's no way of sending a message back and forth. Uh, the Because of the cross-platform nature of, of the game, uh, you have your own unique Capcom ID that does not have to be what your gamer tag is. So yep. people don't have an, an easy way of, of getting around to sending you messages and doing that. And, and there's literally no chat communication in the game. When I get matched up with someone, I'm never going to hear them whether they have a microphone connected or not. And, yep. you know... It, it sucked because I was like, I have to jump through these hoops to play Mortal Kombat because of the general toxicity that that game brings. Mm -hmm. um, and and that, that's not to say there isn't a fantastic community around that game. There is. But there's also a, an element being, you know, one of the best-selling games any year a Mortal Kombat game comes out, you know. Um, and, and with Street Fighter, I never had to worry about it. I just, I just go on, I play relax that's it you know it's it's it sucks when the the experiences have to limit you in in just because other people want to call you or or do whatever they want to do you know it's a reason why all those games have the online interactions are not rated with this game you can't rate online interactions because you can't you never know what you're going to come into some days you'll have a nice person some days you'll have an asshole out there who's just out to ruin your day and get you it's, uh, it's unfortunate. But speaking of Activision earlier, and this is another punch to the gut for a lot of people out there, they're reporting new layoffs. But at the same time, the CEO is potentially going to have a pocket, a massive pocket of a bonus payout that could total up to $200 million. Now, they had just laid off between 50 and 190 employees uh, at Blizzard, at, at, at Activision Blizzard. And now the shareholder, because of a contract that he has with them, um, and just the terms of the contract, he could be potentially getting up to $200 million. <laughs> uh, He'd basically be benefiting from the shareholder value creative incentive clause. And it would allow him to collect out on incentive bonuses that he missed out in previous years. Um, no, I just, I can't even. Bobby Kotick's an asshole. Fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah, I guess just. Yeah, so as, as you know, Quoting IGN here, as laid out in Codex 2016 contract, a potentially massive bonus he set to receive is technically unrelated to the current layoffs and is instead was laid out five years ago as an additional incentive to create shareholder value with Codex potentially receiving the highest possible amount. If Activision Blizzard's stock price remains above a certain threshold for 90 consecutive days. CTW notes this clause was triggered on March 1st and per Codex 2016 contract, a committee would need to review compensation to determine whether or not he gets the full amount. However much Kotick is awarded, he would not receive it until June 29th, 2021. Oh my. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> you have to wait. do until then? 
Got three months to wait on $200 million. What will I do with the time? I don't know. Yeah, honestly, I hate this kind of thing. It it just it just makes me sick to my stomach that there's 50 to 190 people that are told, hey, you know what, we're restructuring. We don't want you here. Don't need you here. The company's not going to make as much money if you're here. But we're going to, because this guy's got this contract in, or clause in his contract, he's going to walk out with $200 million. Like, why the hell that contract was even signed that way? It's just bullshit to begin with. Um, Wes, I'm going to throw it to you first. Uh, I mean, yeah, Bobby Kotick's just a, an ass. Like, just complete asshole. Um, I mean, I, I think back to, what was it, two years ago now when Activision Blizzard laid off 800 people uh, on the same day that they held their investor call to announce that they'd had their highest earnings year ever. And, but they had to lay off 800 people. And then in the following, the months following that, they hired back hundreds of people for those same roles. Not the exact same roles, but like took a bunch of those roles and then combined them into one job and hired people back for that. Or di sorry, didn't hire people back, put out job listings for those, those positions. I'm like, you just laid off people who did those jobs. What? What could you, why would you possibly, if you didn't need them then, you need them now? And you had your highest earnings ever. Like, I, I forget, the, the, yeah. I forget where it happened at, but on that note, I actually forgot to mention that. I, I could have swore I read, because it wasn't like Activision Blizzard. There is another company within Activision Blizzard that had the layoffs. And I forget the company that it did. They're, I think, a mobile or a smaller developer. But what I found funny was that when I went and visited the website, I'm I'm like I'm almost positive that they had a recruitment on the front. We're like, hey, we we we're, sure. we got positions open. And I'm like, I I know. <laughs> it's so I know you do. Right there. They're you walking know who out do the that door. Job? The person that just held it. And they're walking. Like, why didn't you just keep them? Yeah. Like, oh, because <laughs> they're cheaper. It's, it's the any any time I, I I hear the argument of like well you know games are really expensive to make now and this and that so they have to have microtransactions they have to have DLC they have to have these eight different special editions and that sort of thing I think of instances like this and I'm like 190 up to 190 people lost their job but one guy got 200 million dollars. Like those hundred and ninety people hundred and ninety people were not making two hundred they weren't making a million dollars each a year. No. Like that's what yeah. I mean. Like it's like even like two million dollars out of that almost I think could have kept on the majority of those people. And probably given them raises. <laughs> like I just like But hey Kodak, yeah, you're gonna like get two hundred mil. Got it. Yeah, <clears throat> nice. It's shareholder you needing to to provide a higher and higher revenue generated for shareholders is an impossibility like that there's a limit to how much money you can make in a year yeah like it can't just keep going up in perpetuity that it's just not a feasible thing that's not how anything works no no i danny let me hear your thoughts yeah, 100% agree uh, with both of you guys. You know, the, these companies don't realize that they, they're multi-million dollar making companies. Um, and, you know, the reason why 
they they're laying these people off and you said it jake is because uh they want to pay less right you got these new contracts that have gone out i've seen it at my work basically um to move up in the company you have to quit your current position to reapply so that you lose not only do you lose your seniority you're also losing your um your pay so basically a new person jumping on gets less than what i get now as a full-timer uh which is the reason why i would never do that in my life i i, I got what i wanted i'm where i'm at and i'm staying there but uh these companies see it like that right they, they're just it's all about the money it's all about making sure that the the top brass is uh, is taken care of while the little man on the bottom is uh, struggling to uh put food on the table and like uh, like you said they've laid them off and you know they're out looking for another job hopefully they're lucky enough to uh you know to find another uh, uh company that would be willing to take them on because that's that's bullshit but it, it happens it, it's happening more and more now and it's not right uh that's that's exactly it, man. I I just struggle. I just struggle to compensate that, and especially when it's dealing with people. I, I I'm a I believe in in the ability to make money, and I believe that they're you know the that that chasing your dreams and and doing all that, and and I, I think that should be possible because without that, I don't think we'd have a lot of innovations that we have today. But there has to be a cap, and there has to be some sense. Like the, the thing that that I've seen online that I I always thought was funny is uh, the the idea that you you should be allowed to make up to nine hundred ninety nine million dollars nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and and then if you make one more dollar you you get a trophy that says I won capitalism and the rest of the money just goes to you know the people who actually earned you that money yeah seriously like yeah, I. I I've said kind of, you know, I think I've read the same quote. I've, I've said like, I, like that's like the second you make over a penny more than a billion dollars, it just automatically comes out of your bank account. But if you have nine hundred ninety-nine million, nine hundred ninety-nine thousand, nine hundred ninety-nine dollars in your account, and you are spending that money as fast as you can, and it still sits at that amount, go ahead. You want to buy yourself a yacht? Go ahead. You want to buy yourself a jet? Go ahead. You want to buy yourself whatever you want? Go ahead. But the second it hits one billion, I don't know what I'd spend that much money on. The second it hits one billion, we take I don't that know penny. How to spend that much money? We, we we take that penny out, and you know what? Exactly right. Like you can't. It'd be it'd be impossible. But it'd be like the Bezos. Hey Bezos, we're gonna. We're, you won, man. You you won. Yeah, you won here's capitalism. A, here's a trophy. Um, <laughs> you did it. You know, we'll, we'll even make a statue for you. Okay, that we'll we'll take ten of the million, ten million out of the. 199 billion we're going to take from you and we're going to make you a trophy and yeah. there you go it's going to be called capitalist park the, the people who won capitalism and but the other 199 billion we're going to take back and go give to everybody else so that yeah. like people are employees bathroom breaks and pay them enough so that they don't right. have to sleep in their cars in the parking lots of your warehouses that would be great or work in eight to, uh, you know 10 to 12 hour shifts so that you can work a four-hour shift you know it's like hey you know it's just it, or even work at all like do you even does, work, does work right? a like, yeah shows up to two <laughs> meetings a week hey it's monday meeting what, what's going on okay thanks i'm later folks i'm going to hawaii <laughs> yeah. thanks for stopping by the office jeff it was great seeing you uh anyways moving on to some lighter news to end this off we got two really good things we were talking about xbox a lot last week because 
Wow. They first they came out and the Bethesda acquisition was finalized. They added 20 Bethesda games to Game Pass. But they also announced that there's going to be EA games coming. Now, last week, Wes and I were sharing this in our player-to-player staff chat. And it's like, oh, shit, you know, you know, there's our Star Wars. And I made all these cool gifts about Star Wars being so excited. I was so excited. And it didn't come to pass because it was coming to Xbox. I hadn't looked in the top corner. I just I got too excited. But now my excitement's real because it, happened. it, it did happen. It happened the next day. Yeah! <laughs> it was the next day. Yeah! It was a roller coaster of emotions. It was like, whoa, whoa. It was great. And uh, so, yeah, we get to play Star Wars Squadrons and a bunch of other titles on Xbox Game Pass. Um, Daniel, I'm going to throw it to you real quick. Are you excited to see EA play coming to Game Pass? Like, it, it, what, what do you think this means? Like, there's just now there's just so much added content. You basically have EA play. Bethesda, and all of Xbox now as one package. Yeah, definitely is. Uh, it's it's great for for people who are, like for you guys too, uh, that want to see those games on there. Now you have, like I said, EA is a big company for the sports fanatics out there, uh, and you know some of their other titles. And I'm sure they they already have a huge uh, a huge um, list of people who have subscribed right so it's it's great to see more content coming out for for people who are who are using that who are who are loving their game pass and i'm sure this is only the beginning i'm sure we're going to start seeing a few more companies come in there the way that microsoft is going then buying up as much as they can to get on onto their their pass it's a it's definitely a different time that's for sure yeah and I mean, just last week, uh, we also learned that Square Enix shooter Outriders is also coming to Game Pass on launch day. And that's that's not an Xbox title. That's a Square Enix title. Day one Game Pass. That's crazy. Undertale is hitting the service soon. And also, the previously Switch exclusive Octopath Traveler is now launching on Xbox through the Game Pass. So... Like there is, this is something all within, like the last week they announced all this stuff. Oh, and, and by the way, there's also EA all the EA games you can now play, like Battlefield. You want to play Star Wars Squadrons? You want to play Star uh, Star Wars? Uh, Fallen Jedi? Was it Fallen Jedi? Is that the uh, Fall, uh, Jedi Fallen Order? The Jedi Fallen yeah. Order. Yeah. Um, Sim City, Plants vs Zombies, Medal of Honor, Need for Speed, Burnout. Sorry, Burnout. I was going to say Burnout Paradise, and then I just decided to go with Burnout. <laughs> now, I wonder if that puts The Sims on there, too. Probably, eh? Uh, yeah, Sims 4 is on there. I All think the DLC? Doesn't, I, don't th- <laughs> I think it's just one DLC. I was going to say. I, don't think, I think it's just base Sims 4 with one DLC. That's more than I've got in my other Sims 4 game. <laughs> like, and that's just kind of crazy. It's like, you know, five years ago, I bought Sims, and it's like, hey, you know, now I may actually go play it over on Xbox again, and you know, fucking has <laughs> DLC. So, that's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. What do you think, though, Wes? I mean, you, you and I have been hyping, hyping Game Pass, and it just keeps getting better. It was it was very cool to see all those announcements last week. Um, like, they, they, they went from Bethesda to the EA Play thing, and then in the middle there, there was, you know, hey, we like, Undertale's coming. Um, uh, uh, Octopath Traveler's coming. Um what else hit empire of sin was another one that came out which i tried and unfortunately i do not like that game but um 
yeah, like it just you know these twenty games from Bethesda, all of these EA games, and then you know hey, and the smattering of a few other games that you know why not? They're coming too. Um, yeah, it was it was it was kind of crazy to see. It was it was an embarrassment of riches a little bit, you know. Like I I looked at that list and I'm like I literally don't know where to start. I, like I I don't know what what should I download for. I'm like well I, I'll. I started doing an install of an EA game just to link the account because you still need to get their their EA Play launcher. So mm. um, they 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 put out a video and it's like a six step process and they're like, okay, now do this, now do this. And I thought, well, it's kind of dumb that you needed to put out a video, but okay, sure. Um, but yeah, like it it you know there there's a lot of games suddenly to choose from there. Um, and it was cool to see just like older ones like SimCity 2000. You want to play that? cool spore you want to play that sure i every monster i made in spore looked like a dick <laughs> i didn't okay like okay in all honesty the first one i did i wanted it to look like a penis but after that it just happened it just came out that way it just it just it just came out and it was like well that's just a you just made another penis man okay so i can't play this game anymore because all i make is penises you had the dick on the mind. Apparently. <laughs> it's, oh, I man. I couldn't step away. I don't know. Uh, it's funny. That is funny. That is funny. There's a lot of great games. And, I mean, like, there's, I think the coolest thing about the Xbox Game Pass for PC, especially if you get the ultimate one, is you get PC games, too. And, I mean, you're getting games that you would never have been able to play on your Xbox console. Like Crusader Kings three, like uh, Age of Empires, um, and others, and like, like Sim uh, Sim City two thousand. Like there's another one where it's just like, it, it's made possible because Game Pass is on PC. And so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna share something real quick. This is a topic I wanted to bring up. We don't have enough time to, um, and I'm gonna tie it into one we're gonna finish off with here. So the control developer came out and said that Sony was a little bit more ready than Microsoft was for next gen. And what they what they said in and that too long didn't read was basically that Sony tech wise is there for next gen. Like they're, you know, it, it, it's there and everything. And, you know, they, they don't feel that Microsoft was as prepared for it in terms of having the hardware and, and, and everything set. So, however, they do make a comment on the longevity of Microsoft's plan and that in the long run, their plans and the changes that they're making today might be for the better. And, and this is something I have said repeatedly uh, repeatedly is that I think that Microsoft is not doing your typical console generation fight. Like this is, this is a whole nother basket. And, and where I'm going to go on to this is I'm going to bring up another thing. Um, the Xbox series X's brilliant audio HDR feature is coming to PC and what this is going to do. And it's going to take thousands of games. It says, and you know, there's not even thousands of games available on the Xbox game pass PC. So or, uh, that's possible, but or I, I guess it's through uh, the store. That's like Game Pass. That's just the store in general. So take back that. But um, the auto HDR feature is coming to PC and it's going to improve the visual experience of over a thousand games. Uh, it's going to improve the range of colors, illumination of backwards compatible games, and it's going to be able to function on PC. So with that bearing in mind, and what I just got done saying about the longevity and plans. Microsoft has changed the name of Xbox Live. They have changed it to now be called Xbox Network. 
Now and... I want Sony to change PlayStation Network to PlayStation Live. Right? <laughs> I'm okay with that. Just like let's just swap. <laughs> let's just do this. And right? So yeah, so now we've got PlayStation Network, Xbox Network, and you know so this this change to the network though is where I'm finding a, a, a really big big thing is that like Xbox Live was, you know, kind of you know, it is, you know, that's just the online service, but Xbox and network, like that's, that, that's a, you know, that's grabbing a bunch of things. That's, you know, it's, it's a connection. It's, uh, and with the way that they have game pass going, I just, I don't know. In my mind, I think this is kind of a statement of, as to where they're going with this is that they want it to be more than just known as the online source. Like they want, like this is the Xbox network. This is, you know, where, where you can catch your games. This is where you can catch, you know, you, you've got your Game Pass here. You've got everything that you want here. Um, what do you think, Wes? Uh, I mean, like all th all three of these stories i i found kind of kind of interesting like the auto hdr thing uh sounds very cool but if you don't have a monitor that sports hdr that's kind of useless to you um i i mean cool that they're bringing it but you know hdr in in computer monitors is fairly rare uh whereas hdr in televisions is fairly common mm -hmm. um but uh and then even on top of that you need other other equipment to make sure that you're doing it you know you're running it right and actually getting that hdr because it's not just like a hey just plug this thing in with an hd you know any old hdmi cable will work it 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 won't it needs to be certain hdmi cables certain hdmi ports um certain tvs etc cetera, etc cetera. um the the one that i found interesting was the the mention of um sony being more ready for the next gen than microsoft because from the like consumer standpoint, I sort of felt it was the opposite mm -hmm. um, because Microsoft was the one out there for a long time talking about, here's what we're doing. You know, here's what you're, what you're going to get. You know, all the backwards compatibility stuff is going to come forward into this. You know, your controllers are going to work. They, they were talking that very big game and I was very excited for what they were going to show. And then when they actually showed it, it was you know, not really what I wanted. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it, and then Sony, on the other hand, was kind of just saying nothing. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, we're yeah, we'll we'll do this." You know, the the top 100 games are are you know most of them are backwards compatible, is what they said early on. And it was like, no, no, actually, a lot of the games are going to be backwards compatible. We don't know why he said that. And you know, it 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 was sort of this this it was the exact opposite from from I I felt anyway from the the consumer standpoint where it seemed like Microsoft had their shit together. Mm -hmm. Um. And Sony was the one kind of coming in real hot with this thing. Um, but it, it almost sounds like it was the opposite, where Sony was like just quietly going about their business and like, here's what we have, here's what we're doing, we're just not talking about it yet. And Microsoft was like, yeah, we're talking a big game, but none of this stuff is ready to go yet. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel that too. And I mean, I was reading something else as well in regards to Marvel Avengers, I think it was being upgraded it having the PS5 and the Xbox Series versions launching shortly, and that the there were issues with the PlayStation 5, and that they had to go and, and change and make sure that the they had to go download the PS5 version of the game, and that they had to then uninstall the PS4 without before they got the save file and transfer the save file over the PS5. Whereas I read yeah, there was a whole tweet 
a Twitter thread of like how to do this, and yeah. it just got more and more confusing as it went along. And I'm like, this is. You remember that video that Sony put out before the launch of the PS4, where it was like, here's how to borrow your your friends' games and play them on your PS4, and it was like, here you go. Yeah. Thanks. It that would have been the perfect time for Microsoft to say, here's how you transfer your save files from your Xbox One X or your Xbox One to your Xbox Series X. Oh Hit wait, it's just there. Done. <laughs> yeah, like I, I thought that was pretty incredible with the the smart delivery, and it was really showcasing like Microsoft's technology. And, hey, like these guys were talking about this this smart home delivery and like the smart delivery technology, and like to see it actually come out the way that it did there. And let's explain it to Alicia. Like the way that I picture this being is almost you've got the interface of the game, right? But behind that, you have all of the different versions of the game and it now it's just you know now it's just okay like what's the source so the interface asks the source you know like well are you a phone okay well here's the phone version are you on, on your xbox one and x here's the xbox one x version you're on pc here's the pc version so you're always getting that that version you're that you're getting the, the best version for the platform you're playing on yeah and it's it's recognizing that's being like here's here oh and here's that file here's the best version for you that's your one you want yeah and on, and on ps5 it's not that clear like i no. so i have mortal kombat 11 uh installed on my ps5 and i had to uh, you get a free upgrade to the ps5 version of that game which has faster load times. Uh, it, it, they both had HDR support. There was something else in there. Oh, a 4K uh, resolution. Um, but when you go in and you go to play the game, there's there's the the little like dot 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 menu that you get in a lot of uh, a lot of things of like the, here's some extra stuff. You have to go in like I had to go in there to be like which version am I actually playing? Because it's like hey, you want to download this game? Yeah. Which version are you downloading? It turned out it was downloading the PS4 version to play on my PS5. And I'm like, no, no, stop that. Stop that. I, like, I have the PS5 version, right? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want that one? Like, yeah. Yeah, obviously. I want, I want the one that's... I'm on the PS5. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> D- give, give me the PS5 version. What do you... You know I own it. <laughs> what? And it, and even the other day, I went to play it, and it had... I. I I assume there was a, a firmware update or something like that because it had defaulted back to pl- do you want to play the PS4 version? Mm-hmm. Like, no. Do you have that installed? Did you download it? No? Okay. Can I... Can, and, it, it, and then it switched. It said, like, download? And I'm like, no, I have it downloaded. Then I went into the version menu and it's like, oh, do you, you don't want to download the PS4? Do you just want to play the PS5 version? Mm-hmm. Yes. The version right here. Like, why is this confusing? Yeah, shouldn't be confusing. Danny, what are your thoughts, dude? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I, I actually, you know, we're bringing this up now. I read that thread the other day about the uh, Avengers and how to get your saved game on there. Uh, and it just, you know, uh, for me, I have, a, you know, my Switch, right? I have multiple Switches that have online cloud-based uh, saves. Uh, and I have absolutely no problem with doing that. Of course, there are some games that don't allow you because of, uh, you know, your online profiles. Uh, but, you know, most most of the games are, are 100% compatible. I can be playing on my regular Switch and, you know, load up the data to the cloud and and easily download it on my Switch Lite, take it with me to work, whatever. Uh, I, I don't understand why you would make it so difficult. 
Um, but Sony had that too back in with the PS3 when cloud gaming, when cloud saves started coming around. Uh, they always had the thing where it was just like even with the connecting your your PSP or your Vita and and transferring this and transferring that, it always had that learning curve. And I you know I learned it because I had my PSP and I used it a lot, and I had my Vita. But something as simple now as having the uh, being able to, you know, have your saved da- data transfer from one to another should just be a simple process. Um, the same with how Wes was saying, with, you know, downloading Mortal Kombat um, uh, 11. You know, you should just be able to download the PS5 version if B is on a PS5 console. Yeah. Well, it should be that simple, easy thing for, for a player. But, uh, yeah, Sony has made it hard yet again. And from what I've known... Uh, the Xbox doesn't have that uh, that issue. Uh, that's something that we didn't really know anything about when Sony was and the, the Xbox were starting to come uh, close to launch day. Is that that was that was something that was hidden, uh, and you can tell that Sony hid it because they were scared if you know what if people knew the difficulty they're going to have, maybe they won't be so successful on selling those PS5 consoles. Um, but it's a crazy thing. Like it should be, like I said, a simple process where you're done playing a game. You it uploads automatically to the cloud. You should just be able to jump on your PS5, download the save data, continue. That that's that's all it needs to be. There should not be any trouble with it. But people are having troubles. There's there's a lot of things that people are complaining about that Sony needs to fix. Whether or not they're gonna fix that or keep it where the way it is and have people go, you know batshit crazy uh that's that's up to sony all i know is that if they do keep up something like that people are gonna kind of move away from the ps5 we're gonna have that shift but uh we'll see only time will tell right now well it's super frustrating too because like once you jump through those hoops and you know even just playing like a a ps4 game on my ps5 like i I played ghost of tsushima on on my ps5 there's no like there's no update to that game um that i know of uh to to do like higher res textures or anything like that but the game just runs locked at 60 frames per second like it runs beautifully on that system and it it, it like once you get through those hoops with that game it was easy because there's only a ps4 version mm-hmm. you know like i just put it in and i go yeah. you know that one worked but Anytime there's a, there's a PS5 version or there's an upgrade or there's a free upgrade or something weird like that, you know you've got these extra these extra hoops that it it it, it, it like it just doesn't seem planned out. It seems like they were trying to throw this in at the last minute. Um, at least that's what it seemed like. It seemed I, from the outside like, hey, this is this is coming in real hot. Like, I, I be ready. I think I I agree with you there because. Microsoft touted from the beginning, hey, backwards compatibility, backwards compatibility, and and it's been something that they've been pressing, not just this generation, like, they pressed it on the last one, and Sony kind of came out with a little bit of a backwards compatibility version, but basically you had to go and rebuy the games again. So, like, here's this digital storefront of all the PS3 games. You have to go buy them again, even if you own them, even if you, like, have the physical disc, like, you doesn't matter holding it in my hand yep. and you know microsoft was like hey you got that physical disc of yours sitting at home guess what it might work 
you know, we've got certain games that are on this big list of ours. It might work. You want to put it in your Xbox? It might work. So I think that they really began to set the stage a while ago for this. And, and I think that Sony really found themselves kind of heading into this console gen. Like you said, not really saying much. And I think a lot of it was that they were in the winning position on the PS4. So they kind of were in the driver's seat. And that's where Microsoft was last time. And they just tripped and fell over their fucking feet. But that whole, oh, well, we don't believe in sharing games. There's going to be a download code on, you know, attached to every game and all this crap. And it's like, no, like, what the hell? No, 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 no. But uh, no, I, I do think it was hastily put together. I think you're right there. And I mean, Microsoft has been planning from the beginning this multiple ways of playing. You're not just playing on your Xbox anymore. You're playing on your phone, your tablet, your Xbox, your computer. Um, like that's that's four gaming consoles that they kind of came out with all at once instead of just being like, well, yeah, yeah, we've got the PS5 says Sony. Microsoft goes, yeah, well. We've got the Xbox uh, Series X, the Series S. We've got your old Xbox One consoles. Um, they all have Game Pass. And we also have PC and your phone tablets. What are we missing? It's like, like they're everywhere. And, and now, and I shouldn't say now. Before we've talked about on here where Phil Spencer has made mention of basically like a Chromecast device. That is Game Pass, or that is your Xbox dashboard. So you take this Chromecast-looking device, and you plug it in the side of your TV, and it's just like an input that would be on a, a source of like a DVD player or a Blu-ray player or a gaming console. It just comes up on the source, and it's an Xbox dashboard, and you can access your Game Pass right from there. They don't even need the system. Madness. They're going to be taking over the world. But, unfortunately, folks... That is it for our time here tonight. It's been a lovely time as always. We went over again. We always do. <laughs> uh, Never not. I don't think there's going to be a day we don't. And uh, it's just the conversations get good. We're so... so like the week so after passionate. E3 or something like that when there's just nothing to talk about. No one's right? saying anything. I, 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 I can't wait for E3. Hopefully, hopefully we can get some kind of digital event and I can see something nice and exciting that that gets me excited for this year. Yeah, trouble. Yes, trouble. Yeah. It is the end already. We got trouble in the chat. Trouble's uh been, been tuning in and uh having having some funny reactions to our to our words. So great to see you, trouble. Thanks thanks for sticking around. Yeah, this is the end. We, we it's a one hour podcast that we do, um, and we just discuss the gaming news. So yeah, so some of the stuff we have on the channel are longer. Some of the stuff are shorter. This is one of our shorter things. This is a show, and. Uh, all of our previous podcasts you can find on your favorite podcast source, uh, whatever that is. If you want to go and watch it on Apple, you want to go watch it on Google, you want to go watch it on Spotify, you want to go watch it on whatever you want to watch it on, you can. Same thing for Dungeon Master Discussions and Anime Chat is also going to be our new podcast, Joining the Ranks. We have three podcasts. Three podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. You can take us on the road. You can hear all of our lovely voices in your ear all day long. And. Right? That's why I felt to be pulled up. So yeah, make sure, folks, that you uh, come back. You can join in the conversation. And uh, occasionally we do read the chat comments out. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be, be back next Monday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be breaking down the weekly gaming news that you don't want to miss out on. Because if you do, you're not going to be in the know. And you want to be in the know on these kind of things and make smart decisions. 
So join us next week. Me, Danny, and Wes, my two lovely co-hosts. As always, guys, it's great talking. Have a great night, guys. See you guys. Take care, and we will see you next Monday. Take care.